Welcome to another edition of Reptile Fight Club. I'm Justin Julander. I'm here with Chuck Poland. We are ready to rumble. What is going on, my friend? I am your Thanksgiving turkey. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm ready for that, So, too. I guess everyone will hear this maybe... After Thanksgiving. Well, maybe not closer <laughs> to Christmas. Yeah, not closer to Christmas, but definitely further away from Thanksgiving than, than yeah. we have in than we have recorded it. So I was wondering Today, about that because I, I, I saw that I am your turkey. Liberia celebrates Thanksgiving. And I think there's Really? I think there was like seventeen countries that celebrate Thanksgiving. So I don't know who if did it's, the Liberians who did the Liberians steal their land from? Well, no, I guess Liberia was founded by uh freed slaves from the United States that went back to Africa and settled and set up Liberia. And so they took that tradition of Thanksgiving with them. So kind of cool. Interesting. Yeah, that is cool. That is cool. I I thought it was, I thought it was for sure going to be some colonization thing, but I guess, you know, slavery is about the worst thing that. Well, you know, we have, we have a contextual history for colonization. Yeah, that's true. It's all pretty, uh, pretty grim. So, but you know, uh, yeah, we won't get into that, I suppose. So what's, uh, we can all be thank we, we can all be thankful for things without, uh, having to delve into the history of awfulness. Very true. So Very not true. to, not to minimize it, but, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. I, I can't change it. So, yeah. Uh. Um, what is new with me? Let's see. Just getting stuff ready. Uh, diamonds are outside. So I've been having kind of fun playing with mm-hmm. those govies and like watching the diamonds and, um, you know, it's starting to get kind of cold at night and, mm-hmm. uh, they're just freaking trucking along, dude. That's so cool. it's, it's, how cool. old are they? Um, uh, they're th- four years old now, four, four, four or five, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're pretty small. I didn't, you know, I don't, uh, I don't power feed, uh, my, my pythons. Um, but, um, yeah, they're, 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 they're adult size. Um, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. But, uh, they, they do just fine. Um, it's good. I, you know, I mean, my coastals are huge. They're, my coastals are outside and they're huge uh-huh. just because they're so much older. So I was kind of concerned about that at first. But, yeah. No, man. After just kind of looking at the temp data, I've got one of the Govies set up in, a, in the hot spot where it gets direct sun. And then the rest of them are all in hides. And so I can kind of just like look at what, um, you know, what the, what the daytime high when they warm up, when it starts to warm up and all that stuff. And, um, they're good, man. They're hitting, you know, their hot spots are hitting upper eighties, um, nineties some at some points. So nice. they're fine. Yeah. They're, they're totally cool. Yeah. And, uh, put a big old, big old roof on their enclosure, couple weeks ago so now you know they're protected from the um protected from the rain and stuff so that was um that was um oh my gosh i'm totally blanking but um uh, oh my gosh i feel that was a good move or what oh it was a good move and um one of our one of our NPR friends, uh, one of the Aussies, and I'm like blanking his name, and I like it's on the tip of my tongue, but uh, he was like, "Yeah, they'll be fine getting cold. Just don't let them get wet." Hmm. And um, hmm. that's um, a good recommendation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 
Yeah. So, oh, it's going to bother me, man. Uh, <laughs> hold on. I, I had to like, yeah, no um, Hey, I, I, that's never happened to me. This is, this is ridiculous. I can't believe you're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Take your time, man. You know, dead air is what it's Darren all about. Boswell. Darren Boswell. Darren Boswell. Oh yeah. Boswell yeah. said that. Yeah. He's, uh, kept a fair few different pythons and he, he and his son, right? The, his his son keeps as well, right? I think they were both on NPR at the same time, if I'm remembering right. I'm probably remembering wrong, but yeah, shout out to Daz. <laughs> I think I think he goes by Daz. <laughs> I think Darren is Daz is the Australian version of Darren. If not, I apologize, but Yep. I don't know. You you took it further than I, I was like just struggling for the name. You're you're like giving me Aussie nickname history there. Well, I was like, oh, ah, you go, dude. Yeah, I'm so I'm Juzzo. I don't know how I feel about that one, but that's the huh. I guess that's the Aussie. Yeah, version. that sounds yeah, it's not the best. Ugh. Yeah. I, I, I don't like, I don't uh, prefer that one, but yeah. I guess you don't pick your own yeah. nicknames, but yeah, they no, you definitely don't get to pick your own nicknames. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see what else is going on. Not much else. Just kind of getting the tracier ready. I've, I've gotten all the, you know, all the uh, the older animals into their bigger cages, and nice. everybody's kind of settling in and doing all that. And yeah, still, still, you know, geckos galore around here. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's about it, man. Nice. How about you? Yeah, just pairing things up, uh, thinking about doing that. I'm, I'm having a big problem in my rodent room. The stupid uh, rats got out. Like one of the, they chewed a hole through one of the bins, and now they're chewing water lines and all that crap. I haven't had rodents chew on a water line for a very long time, so it's really ticking me off. But uh, it just like every time I go out there, I'm like, oh, you stupid rats. So I put out poison, I put out those bucket traps, I put out, you know, all sorts of stuff, but they're just, they're still on the loose and they're knocking all the insulation off the ceiling and like just wreaking havoc on the room digging holes through i mean the bottom it's like a dirt floor so it's not the yeah the best setup for loose rodents so i need to just dump a bunch of gravel or something in there this next year and just take care of that mm-hmm. and get a couple yards of gravel so they can't just easily dig in and out of there and then i need to put up the walls and i've got one wall or two walls up but yeah, everywhere else they've just trashed the insulation so that's a couple hundred bucks down the drain for sure so that sucks. Uh, it sucks when they get out and just drives yeah. me nuts i just feel like just euthanizing them all and then <laughs> starting starting fresh with i a new yeah i mean i certainly remember that feeling from mm. reading rodents yeah but, um there are no, definitely that, some no downsides so they're so they're so they got out and they're hi- hiding outside of the shed well they're in the, the shed they're in, in like i just like, somewhere in the walls or in the ceiling like uh, on the you. insulation and i didn't have anything like over the insulation like i went to buy walls for my like I put up the insulation. Oh, I, I went see. to buy walls right when all the panel wood went from like ten bucks a sheet to, to the roof, like fifty yeah. bucks a sheet. And I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm not doing yeah. that. Like the the yeah. price of premium plywood was the same as this OSB garbage. You know, I'm just like, really, yeah. just great timing. You know, so yeah, yeah. I can't complain, but I, I'm going to a little bit. I would complain. Yeah, that I, I think that's fair. Complain. That <laughs> yeah. sucks. Like, yeah, I, that that, I that totally sucks. That happens with the rodents. Like, yeah. At least they're leaving the mice alone. The mice are pumping out and 
doing good. So that's that's handy. I think it's the the main change I've made that I've been really happy with lately is switching over the, the water uh, nozzles um, from I was using Ag Select stuff, and now I'm using mm-hmm. uh, some that I got from. Um, oh, Heidi's bringing me a chair back. <laughs> Did you take that downstairs? Yeah. Sorry, we're recording. Um, but uh, yeah, we. we Hi, Heidi. <laughs> Chuck says hello. Hi, Chuck. <laughs> uh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Good time. What were you sitting on a bucket or something? What were you doing before? I just had a folding chair. She uh, she was she was working from home from the, for the last week or so with uh. with the uh, COVID isolation. So I uh, brought her up my rolling chair because her back was giving her issues from the diner set you know up in the living room or the dining room so um but yeah i i uh i don't know i i get really frustrated with those rodents sometimes but i think the benefits definitely outweigh the downsides so i'm not i'm not gonna stop anytime soon i'm just gonna no dude and you know what if i if i didn't have to breed them in my garage Mm -hmm. uh, if i had like a detached like barn or something that was away from the house and i could put a you know, like a fart fan or something on or yeah. with even, even if, even if I had like a, what do they call those things? Uh, like a, like a, a carbon filter to, mm-hmm. to run that, that exhaust through and, and it would be, that would be totally fine. And I would probably go back to breeding rodents cause yeah. you're right, dude. It is so, so clutch, especially like right after you hatch out babies and you always have, you know, the right the size, right size yeah. of of you know live rodents and it's like <laughs> so clutch and then yeah. you know if you need to freeze off your extra you always have frozen rodents so it's yeah. like yeah mm-hmm. it's so huge so huge. Yeah. I, yeah. I, uh, I agree and and it's i mean i've had a you know the neighbors found a a rat a dead rat in their yard and they're like oh we found this giant rat i wonder you know, i'm like oh that's weird <laughs> like <laughs> i know exactly where it came from but i'm not gonna say yeah. anything because i don't want them to freak out Sh- no the, shut your mouth <laughs> yeah the, <laughs> shut the, uh, your mouth the, i think the neighbors are very understanding and re- i mean really these these rats don't do great in the outdoors i mean they'd be yeah. easy prey for anything you know so uh, I need to get some kind of cat or something out there, get some barn alley cat, you know, out there. But yeah. uh, one one goes through our yard every once in a while, I, but I I don't know how to let it in and out, I you know, out of the rodent uh, barn. Um, I guess if it was the summer, I could leave a spot, you know, space for it to get in and out. Mm-hmm. Not during the winter. That's a pain to heat, it's cold. heat that room. It's cold. Know, especially it's when cold. It's cold. It's snowy. Uh, a little bit of snow, but nothing on the ground right now. It's warmed up a bit, but yeah, frost and yeah. it's below, you know, freezing most nights here. So cold ass morning. Yep. Getting into that fun little winter time when it's dark, when you go to work and dark, when you get home and <laughs> cold and miserable, but I don't know. We've got a good heater. I just got the heater pumping in this room. So that's nice. I can nice. record comfortably and enjoy the heat, but yeah, there's something about, you know, indoor heating and plumbing that's just a wonderful thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 I agree with that. 
And the I little, agree with that. I mean, the little things that, or I mean, maybe they're not so little. Maybe I'm looking at that as a spoiled American, but um, like a washer and dryer, you know, having that, like spending time in Costa Rica and all our, we had to put all our stuff on the roof of the car. And so it was, you know, it would get wet when it would rain hard. And so, you know, having an Airbnb with a dryer was like, holy crap, this is awesome. You know, most of them didn't have that. And so it was kind of nice, uh, to, to, uh, have, have a place that had a washer and dryer so we could kind of get our feet under us again, get things dried out and, and going again. Sometimes, man, that, that rain can be pretty, uh, pretty miserable if you're uh, wet. And I mean, for the most part though, it's warm enough where it's not too uncomfortable out in the rain, just muddy and messy that way. But you know, if it's, it's almost like a, res- a respite from the heat. You know, when it rains, it kind of cools you off a little bit rather than makes you too miserable. But yeah, definitely brings out the amphibians. <laughs> Saw lots uh, of frogs. I, li- I, I like my comforts, man. I, mm-hmm. I feel like the older I get, the, like, the more I like my comforts. I can't even get out of a state that's got a moderate climate. So, yeah. you know, you know where I sit on <laughs> oh, cold yeah. weather. No, I, I uh, sometimes would join you, but... Heidi likes the cold, so we, this is a yeah. good compromise. Does she? Yeah, she does. I would probably live down in St. George or, or Southern yeah. California or Arizona Little, so, or something. Yeah, yeah, But, uh, yeah, this is kind of a nice compromise spot. For uh, for some reason, I could see Arizona as being your, your... – Oh, I'd love to live in Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. That would be fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Except yeah. I'd be out herping way too Yeah, you would never – I'm sure. Yeah, I'd never get anything <laughs> done. <laughs> Have to retire early or something. Papa would be a herpetology rolling stone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, kids. No, Dad, we don't want to go. <laughs> yeah. Good times. But yeah, it's I'm excited for the season. Hopefully we get some uh good production from our different projects. Uh some key projects I'd really like to produce this year. Some, be some fingers crossed projects, yeah. Yep, fingers and toes. So we'll see. You got see uh, are you, you are you extra attentive this year to your uh, I feel like I, I don't know. I find when I'm extra attentive, that usually screws it up. So I probably just need to set them and kind of forget them or something. But I don't know. Sometimes See, I feel kill, like the opposite. Kill stuff yeah. Well, I agree with that. You can overdo it. You can overdo it. Well, for but, lizards, um, maybe. I, I'm so frustrated. I went out to the reptile room and I was cleaning out the um, depressic. Uh, cage right and so I, mm-hmm. I open it up and i take out all the furniture and i see the baby and then i see the female and i'm like there's no male in here the male is no, no. is loose i have no clue when he got out how he got out when where he might be i've i scoured the reptile room i can't find any trace or i i'm so frustrated like where the crap did the male go i mean like you really went through the cage, not oh in yeah, there. yeah, no, I took everything out of the cage. There was nothing in there, so I mean, unless he just really was climbing up the fake rocks and hid really well from me, but i I've checked it a couple times now, and I don't see that guy. I don't know what what happened there, oh, but man. I'm really yeah. freaking out, like where did the mail yeah. go like they don't just disappear, you know. Uh, yeah, and I and I've had like the Hosmer I got out, and they were both out and cruising around the reptile room. I, I realized, wait, I haven't seen the female out in here for a while. Like, where is she? And then I realized she was out, and I searched and found her in the reptile room. So, 
I don't know. I need to put out some like food or something and put it, you know, put a little bucket trap or something for this lizard. I uh, I don't, sometimes I wonder how I, how I survive as a reptile breeder, but it's, it's I, I feel the same way. How did he, get that's out? all right. I got, I got a Mexican black king snake that's loose in my house somewhere. Oh, I don't know. Uh, dude. Yeah. yeah like yeah. they're fucking, those things are escape yeah. artists. Oh, like yeah. I've never, I've never seen. Um, Reptiles in general do really good at getting out of their enclosures yeah. and stuff. So. I, I, it got through like, so it was in one of the, I have them in uh, one of those like uh, ecos and you know how the ecos have like those slider vents they just have like the little, I mean, the vents are tiny. The holes are tiny. Yeah. It slid through those. Yeah. It, it pushed, it pushed the slider over mm-hmm. and then was like, I'm out. Boom. <laughs> yeah. And they know I, what they're doing. You know, yeah. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. For I, sure. I wondered so if it's the like, same thing happened with this guy. And I'm like looking around, yeah. see if there's any holes he could have squozed out of. But they're like, little chunk monkeys, yeah, dude. Right. Yeah. Like, not I mean, it's not like small holes. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. The baby's still in there. So I, it must have been like yeah, I left right. the door open That's to what, grab some feed and he slipped out and I didn't notice it. I yeah. don't know. Like, and then I, I seem to recall when I go in the room, I'd hear a skittering noise. I just thought it was the animals in their enclosures move, you know, taking cover or something. They tend to kind of duck and cover whenever I come in the room. So I just thought it was them, but maybe yeah. it was the loose male scurrying somewhere to hide Skitter. out from me. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, and now it's getting colder, so it's like yeah, more so imperative like, that I find him, or he's just gonna hang yeah. out and relax wherever he's landed, you know. So yeah, uh, it's frustrating. I need yeah. like a walkway behind all the enclosures and stuff like that. That'd be no, really it, helpful, dude. I feel the same. Yeah. So like all my gecko, all my gecko cages, I'll get like a baby or something that'll get out and it'll mm-hmm. get back behind there and I got to chase it out from behind the cages yeah. and it's a pain yeah. in the ass because yeah. I have, I have my, uh, my rank was it like a ranking. What do they call it? Rank Miss King, Miss King. I got mm-hmm. my Miss King all set up. So everything's like, you know, tied together. And it's like, it's, it's like kind of a thing to move to, you know, take it apart all apart and get back there. So, and, and, um, you know, a lot of the the bigger egos are heaviest crap when you get yeah. all of the soil and the mm-hmm. you know the drainage layer and all that stuff and everything's in there. So it's like moving that. I totally feel your pain of like it would be nice to be able to like have a walkway behind all of yeah. my cages. That would be super huge. But sure. yep, we're not dealing with that kind of space. <sighs> I I really hope I can find this guy before it gets too too cold and too yeah uh, me too everything slows that, down too much but that would be a super big bummer yeah uh yeah i mean it's uh it's that time of year when we're pairing stuff up and slowing things down and turning off heat and things like that so mm-hmm. give, give them a cool down and a rest and i don't know it's probably a it's get a little bit of a rest from the constant cleaning and <laughs> i mean you still got to clean yeah. a bit but making sure all the make sure all the waters are topped off and stuff. But I, I put out, I started going through my list for the inland. So that's been, been good to start. Have you gotten a response? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, the first couple of people on the list were, were still interested and, and nice. I've sold a few of them so far and, um, getting, going through the list. So if you're on the list, you know, watch for a text or an email from me and, 
we'll get those out soon. I guess if you're hearing this, you've probably already seen it by now if you're on the list. Hopefully I got through it. I've been just, you know, trying to catch up after the trip and that's always, yeah, you always need like a week or two before you can get back to normal from a, from a big trip, especially an international one, but slowly getting there. I think I'm about there. I've been keeping up with the books though. So that's been good. But I had a few people like, Hey, did my book ever get sent out? And I'm like, Oh yeah, I forgot to tell you. I sent it out the day you ordered it. You know, I, I get them out pretty quick, but I just forget to tell them it's on the way. So (laughs) hopefully, uh, that's, uh, you know, better than the alternative, I guess. Um, but yeah, sent out like 40 books to Cindy, uh, Jackson out in Australia. So that was, she was nice. Uh, yeah. I think I saw a post of all those books, yeah, which was, is, that's good to get pretty, all those books out yeah, there. It was an impressive display. <laughs> all sitting out yeah. there. It's a, it's a pain to get that many. Cause I've, I've got to ship them four at a time. And so I had to yeah. send out 10 boxes, you know, she split into the two different orders, but like, I guess she had the 20 sold within minutes, you know, of putting them up for I, sale. I wouldn't so that was pretty cool. I've been pointing people her way in Australia, but um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I think she had sold half the the next twenty by the time I got them sent out to her. So yeah, she's. So yeah, uh, good have you see. gotten feedback? Have you gotten feedback from the Aussies about the book at all? Or? Um, yeah, I mean, not yet. A little, a little bit. little bit. Like it took a little while for them to get the books because it takes a little yeah. longer to ship out there. But yep. yeah, we're slowly getting some comments in. So yeah, I appreciate any feedback or constructive criticism or whatever. So, yeah. But oh, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be people who um, disagree and uh, mm-hmm. you know feel feel like uh, you know feel like there's a different a different way to slice the pie so to speak <laughs> yeah uh, yeah i mean i you know i think yeah, and that's fine i mean that's that's their prerogative if they want to um it, it, do that that's you know that's just fine i was having a conversation with uh, steve crawford uh, who does the Aussie wildlife podcast, really cool guy. Um, but he was, he was saying he'd heard a bunch of, uh, people, you know, in Australia being like, Oh man, I don't know about this. These guys are, he's Americans. They're nuts or whatever. And he's like, well, maybe we should give them a chance, like at least read and see what they, why they made those changes. You know, I'm like, good on you, Steve. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a good attitude to take. You know, don't just jump to yeah. conclusions, at least look at what, why we divided things like we did. And I mean, in reality, I probably would have done some different things. This was kind of a consensus thing uh, between Nick and I to try to, to, to keep the peace somewhat or keep some semblance of, of, uh, what people are used Order. to. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, at the same time, it's like, we, we probably could have split them even more severely, like made a full species out of, uh, some of those, uh, you know, like the McDowell eye or, or Metcalfe yeah. eye. Yeah. Some, I mean, I, I, I think, I definitely think you probably could have gone further and it will be interesting to see, um, how the the carpet paper that's that's yeah probably Ooh. coming will how that will shake out and I'm I'm yeah. really interested to see like what you know what your findings are versus what they're how how they're telling the story and you know yeah yeah uh, what what all of that 
looks like, you know? Yeah. Some of this work has, has been done, uh, you know, for, for quite a while. And it's like, yeah. you know, uh, I, I'm you're so, not telling a story that you guys made up. You know what yeah, I mean? You're, exactly. You're, we're just going. You're, by you're just looking at best what other people have done and said, "This is what we're seeing." Yeah, this is know? our so, interpretation of the data. So, yeah. you know, take it or leave it. But and I, I, I mean, if you're gonna I leave it, think, let us know why. I'm curious. Yeah, to, and know, I don't think you went disagrees. too far. Yeah, I don't think you yeah. went too far from any conclusions that anybody else made. Like you know, so. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, it, it, if, if, the, if there was a criticism, maybe you didn't go far enough, um, would probably be, be, you know, and, and, you know, to be honest, uh, I, this whole thing about people who are freaking out about, you know, well, what do I call my, my Northern coastal now and this and that it's like, well, call it a Northern call coastal, it a, call it a coastal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, since when has, you know, uh, taxonomy steered us from yeah, using. A, we still call them chondros exactly. for <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, there, we, I there mean, could be a you know. A, herpetoculture has never shied away from. No, this is how I learned it, and this is how I will. Yeah, stick with it. And I don't care it. what anybody says. You know, like I still and, stick and, with soramalis. Ob- yeah. soramalis obesis. I think we should go back to obesis. Soramalis obesis. <laughs> the for the chuckwalla. Yeah. Obesis just fits with chuckwalla. I don't know about this adder crap, but anyway, <laughs> that's a, a another uh, story, I suppose. Um, well, it kind of. I guess that kind of leads us loosely into our topic here. So maybe we should get on with the fight. But um, I was uh, reading Rick Shine's book and he was, you know, talking about uh, the uniqueness of, of Australian reptiles and how they didn't really fit in the box of the research that had been done on a lot of different wildlife, you know, through your reptiles throughout the world and how the, the observations that were made in countries like the United States or various European countries or whatever um, for their reptiles didn't really mesh with what he was observing in the Australian wildlife. And so, you know, he kind of concluded that the Australian wildlife is unique and that, uh, you know, a lot of the funding was was based on that uh, idea of the uniqueness or, or the need to study Australian wildlife because the um, observations from other wildlife didn't apply there. So mm-hmm. specifically in regards to reptiles. So I, I thought, you know, I, I don't know if I agree fully with that. And so that mm. could be an interesting topic that we could discuss. You know, are Australian is, is you know, our Australian reptiles unique enough that they're they just kind of stand alone and there's no comparative with with other um, reptile species or or groups throughout the world or are there is australia the get off my continent uh of yeah yeah okay yeah old man get off my continent of of reptiles or or are there ties with other um you know reptiles throughout the world so and, and this is an interesting, and, and I guess some of this is how you slice it, and and where you you know. But we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Yeah, we right. have an obligatory coin toss coming up here. That's for uh, sure. One that you will surely your, lose. Your, but now your, fan, your fan favorite has not been doing well. So um, <laughs> here we go. Hopefully we can. Yep, that that that's tails. It is. See, I jinxed Yay! it by saying 
I, by saying <laughs> you weren't gonna win, I jinxed myself by losing. So <laughs> one turkey gets <laughs> yeah. a lucky giveaway on Thanksgiving. There you go. There that's you go. me. This is your um, turkey pardon. <laughs> ah, ah, so I gotta decide. Yeah, now mm. you gotta pick a side, huh? Hmm. Hmm. Don't take too long. I will say that that I will I will I will say that Australian wildlife is unique to Australia. Reptile okay. Okay. wildlife is unique to Australia. I'll give you what I think is probably the this is my Thanksgiving Day oh, gift God. to you, Justin. Oh, I think this is the better I think this is the better side. I, I think I think you I think you, you Wait, you're giving you me want. the better side? I think so. I don't I need so, your so. charity. <laughs> oh come on! You've been giving me charity for a while. You've been saying it too, so oh, no. I'll take the hard side. All oh, right, thanks, Justin. But I don't care. I'm just like, yeah, take it. Good. I need the bone. Um, yeah. So, but you can go first. Okay. Well, yeah. um, I mean, I, I think there's been a few uh, interesting papers published. Uh, some work. Oh man, now I'm in a space on the name. Um, famous. Reptile biologist. I think Sam Sweet did some research in this, but it's not who I'm thinking of. It's uh, don't look uh, at me, Julinder. Man, I'm terrible. I'm sure everybody listening is yelling out the name. Um, anyway, <laughs> he did a lot of research. He, he was Rick a, Shine. No, 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 no. no. He he was a, an American that did a lot of research in kind of uh, the Great Sandy Desert. Um, uh, oh god! Why did I even start down this without remembering not, his name? We're not talking about uh, Donardo, are we? No, no, no. He's he's oh, okay. uh, he did his a lot of research in Australia. Um, oh. Pianca, Eric Pianca. There we go. Oh, see? okay, yeah. So good job, Pianca. Well <laughs> did a lot of uh, studies um, that showed kind of the correlation between different reptile groups throughout the world including, you know, some Australian lizards, um, comparing them with like lizards in the Kalahari as well as in the American Southwest. And so, um, I, I mean, it's, it's pretty, pretty, uh, comparable, you know, these, these, I guess you got to compare apples with apples, right? So I think mm -hmm. in yeah. some ways, um, shine was I'm definitely correct. Like the, the research at the time when he started his was probably mostly done in temperate areas or more, you know, le less boon and bust areas like in mm -hmm. you know, the Eastern United States or, or in Europe or things like that, where conditions, you know, vary a little bit, but they're not so dramatic as in Australia or the American Southwest or, you know, parts of Africa where, you know, desert conditions, um, where you have times when things just go down, you know, where animals mm -hmm. die and there's no, like right now there's, uh, you know, no rain down in, in Southern Africa in parts of Southern Africa. So you've got uh, famous, you know, these, these uh, wildebeest herds or zebra herds or giraffes that are just dying because there's no grass mm -hmm. because there's no rain. And that happens right in desert areas. You have yep. years where you just don't get any rain. We're in, you know, we're yep. kind of at the end of a, of a five, seven year drought down in, in Utah and Arizona mm -hmm. and things. And so, 
now it's starting to kind of turn around and, and we're hopefully going to have some much better herping years ahead of us and, and see a lot more reptiles out. But um, it can be pretty, pretty uh, slow in the desert when it's mm-hmm. hot and dry and there's no rain for, you know, no significant rain for a few years. It gets pretty slim pickings and you see the effects on the wildlife. So I definitely think there can be um, ties with, uh, you know, Australian wildlife and other wildlife. That's how I started out. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think, you know, there, the, you know, I mean, at a simple face value, like things like scrub python, Somalia, found in indonesia found in obviously that you know we we can see the path that got them to a different continent to a different place um you know we can kind of see animals that are similar um you know like the thorny devil and um and uh horn uh, a horn lizard mm-hmm. kind of to me are kind of like oh, i see i see those two as kind of similar reptiles and they're on completely different continents, you know? Mm. So I think there are like examples of, of, of similar, you know, reptiles that fill similar niches and have similar adaptations um, and, or are just straight up like green pythons, you know, found both in Australia and in an adjacent continent or in on adjacent islands or whatever. So, you know, not completely unique, but 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 we can also see like how they got there. And I, I get what Dr. Shine is trying to say. And I think where he makes his point really well is in things like um like the Pilbara rock monitor where you can see adaptations. I mean, there's obviously varanids on other continents. That's not, and and you see varanids filling similar niches, nippers, my bad, <laughs> in, in on, on other continents as well. Right. But, but you see very specific adaptations to like the Pilbara rock monitor that I'm having a hard time in my head thinking like, what's another monitor in another continent that, that has those types of adaptations uh, or looks like that, or does that, you know, snake neck turtles, things like that. Yeah. Um, it looks like Justin. Oh, I was just thinking of the one we saw in, in Southern California, those uh, rock lizards, the, the, um, oh, God, the name's failing me on those too. The banded rock lizards. Um, I know I what you're talking about. I the, call them the yeah. American uh, Pilbarensis. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, and, and, the Mirren's eye, and, and I guess yeah, Mirren's yeah. eye, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I guess, and I guess it's like how you want to like, like, like how you want to slice this pie up, right? Sure. Because yeah. you can definitely say that there's reptiles on other continents that are similar to reptiles in Australia, right? Hmm. Some of them have different adaptations. You know, like is there is that like, and you know, yeah, yeah, I think about like venomous reptiles, like the predominance of, I shouldn't say the predominance, but a lot of what is, you know, f- forefront in, in Australia is a lapids, right? Yeah. A lot of it. Mm-hmm. And, and so you can see some other lapids in like Africa um, and, and, you know, other continents have a lapids, but not comprised like that not Hmm. in that quantity um and and so i think there's some uniqueness that that's not arguable you know where where you say like north america 
you know, we, we, uh, rattlesnakes, like we have a great diversity of rattlesnakes across, you know, al- almost all of our biomes, uh, in North America, which I would say no other continent kind of has. So I, I think you can make the argument on other continents, just like shine is making in Australia. But I also think that that translates to say that there are certain aspects of, you know, reptiles on Australia that are unique to Australia because Australia is, you know, so how do I say this? You have other biomes that are similar, deserts, grasslands, like in generalities, mm-hmm. right? And and those reptiles that will fill those nippers in, in those um, in those different biomes, they're similar. They're maybe not the same. So some of the, the speciation pressures might be a little different. They might adapt a little bit different. They might have different things going on, but they, oh, by the way, they do adapt a lot of the same type of adaptations to deal with those environments very similarly. You may see a different, you know, a different species filling that nipper, but when you look at that nipper that they're filling, it's it you you can kind of analogously look across to Australia and say, oh, small skinks, you know, are pretty much like they look a little bit different or they may do a little bit of different things, but they occupy kind of the same uh, nipper and do kind of the same thing on other continents, right? Mm-hmm. But you can also say like, is there you know? A, is there a, a? I'm trying to think. The, I'm trying to think of like like I I don't I can't think of a carpet python other than like you know popwins uh, that that are you know on other continents right. That's kind of a good unique mid sized python that fills a very general nipper right mm-hmm. and and I think you can find a mid sized python that fills that nipper on other continents, but it's not. You know, it's not it might be a boa uh, and it might not be, you know, a carpet. It definitely isn't a carpet python or a a medium sized python or maybe it's divided differently or whatever. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And and I I have no idea what I'm arguing anymore. (laughs) No, I, Um, I, I think that's a good point that, you know, there are some unique aspects to uh, Australian reptiles. I mean, one one big one that comes to mind, I I think maybe uh Dr. Shine mentioned this in his book is the the fact that there's no you know large mammalian predators and 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 mm-hmm. so a lot of those nippers are filled by reptiles you know it's, Australia is the land of reptiles yeah. and so the, when when a when a predator is introduced like you know feral cats or or pigs or things they just don't know how to respond to that and they're they're not you know, adapted to, to coexist with these, you know, cats and things. And so that decimates wildlife populations or, or, you know, toads being introduced. They don't know how to Mm -hmm. avoid toads and poisonous, you know, amphibians. And so we see a huge decline in in them until they learn that and adapt and, and evolve to, to avoid toads and, you know, and so I think from that aspect, you know, there are some unique aspects of, of Australian reptiles that, that aren't found elsewhere, but, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, so I think there, there is some, you know, definitely some 
um, credence to what he's, what he's saying there. Um, and, and I think, you know, on, on the opposite side, you know, convergent evolution, like the thorny devil, uh, horned lizard example you gave Mm -hmm. is, you know, one of the, the best indicators that there, there are some, uh, analogous, uh, reptile structuring in, in other countries. And just because, you know, a, a Parenti's a top predator in Australia and, uh, you know, a Bobcat's a top predator in North America, um, that's not necessarily that different, you know, maybe there's different mm-hmm. ways of, of avoiding those predators or dealing with those predators. But for the most part, you know, a, a horn lizard, um, you know, sticking his spikes out or, or, you know, avoiding but, but, that but, way is the same as a mole. But we see, yeah, but we see apex varanids on other continents. That's not, that's not mm, necessarily. I, I don't know though. I mean, anywhere else that you have large varanids, you also have larger mammalian, you know, predators. You've got, uh, lions and, and, you know, and, uh, hyenas and wild dogs and stuff in Africa. So even though there's Nile monitors that get a pretty good size, they're, they're not going to out, you know, they're, they're not the apex predator. There's bigger and, and scarier animals out there that, you know, may or may not prey on, on the things the Nile monitors after, but, um, you sure. know, they, they kind of fill that nipper, uh, a, a and, little and, differently. And, and I get, and I guess, I, I guess that's fair. I guess I don't think of a lot of like, especially big cats, you know, I, I, I think their prey is more mammalian based, but I think they would absolutely take the opportunity to, to eat a varanid lizard if, if it presented itself. I, you know, I, oh, sure. I guess maybe I, I think in very traditional ways of, of, you know, um, and, and so I, 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 your point is taken. Your point is well taken. I, I, you know, I do, you know, I, it is kind of interesting. And and to Shine's point, you know, there aren't a lot of large apex predators, mammalian apex predators in Australia. Um, And admittedly, I guess, you know, I'm trying to like struggle to think of. Yeah, about the scariest thing you get over there is like a qual and they're kind of like a cat size marsupial, you know, that's, you know, they're they're probably do some do some. predation on different reptiles but but you've got yeah. dingoes right dingoes yeah dingoes are definitely a predator but a lot of the yeah. the ones that which would really, be like our coyotes yeah exactly a lot of the know. ones that have really messed up the the ecosystem or introduced things like foxes mm-hmm. and feral cats and and pigs and yeah. things that don't belong there so cane toads and yeah and they're not necessarily and, fit in the predator, Americans. but they're yeah something to be avoided you know yeah, and cars. Cars are the worst predators, yeah. I think. Of, oh yeah, uh, for sure. <laughs> they for do more sure. damage than probably anything. But yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, I look at uh, and, and you know, spending time, a lot of time in the desert, um, and then some time over in the Australian deserts. I, I'm a, I consider myself a desert rat, and kind of can mm-hmm. you know, I, I definitely see a lot of similarities in activity patterns and. You know where where you're going to find the th- you know the reptiles and and where they're going to be active and things like that. I I think um, if you have a, a dry year um, over here, you're you know going to have a similar difficulty finding them as you would in a dry year over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and maybe the maybe the harshness uh, 
or or that unique harshness maybe that's why there are a predominance of of reptiles over there but i i don't think it's it's that unique where you can't make any ties, you know, as, as far as, well, and I, and, you know, like, and I don't think I, that's I mean, necessarily in, what he was saying, but you know, that's, yeah. yeah. But I live in San Diego County and San Diego County just is one of the top five ecological hotspots in the world. They have mm-hmm. more specialized plants and, and therefore have so many specialized bugs and birds. And, and, and so, you know, the, it's very, uh, you know, it's a very fragile landscape, but it's highly, highly specialized, right? Mm-hmm. And that that specialization has led to very unique diversities and the the types of, you know, uh, insects and plants that we have kind of make that up, right? And so reptiles as well they specialize because of what the what their food sources are and what things like the bugs and the plants and the the, the and their so i get and and i feel like australia is a lot that way where you know what the the adaptations in north america are not the same as the adaptations that have driven you know even though the landscapes may look different yeah or 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 the same or um, yeah, a lot of them or the same yeah. right yeah. so you know, there is – what am I trying to say? Even though you can go to a landscape and say, ah, this is a desert and I recognize these things as – you know, these reptile behaviors are the same in this desert as they are in that desert. Yeah, because the environmental conditions drive those behaviors because it doesn't work for them any other way, right? Mm-hmm. That makes sense. But like maybe Shine's talking about like – their dietary thing, or um, maybe he's talking about, you know, how they, uh, what, what, what land resources they use and don't use and, and things like that. So, you know, again, I don't, I don't really know exactly when he was, when he said this, you know, from a research point of view, what, what um, examples of evidence, because I haven't finished the book yet. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I, I, I need to read it. So maybe I'm just talking shit and I should shut up and, no, and not I, talk I mean, about it. But uh, I mean, <clears throat> I, 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 I just I think it's it's, you know, I have a hard time believing that even though I'm on the side of of reptiles in Australia are different from any other continent, I have a hard time buying that there is a certain uniqueness to any, you know, um, any animal, uh, across a continent, you know what I mean? Like that it's, Oh, it's, it's, it's different from anything that you'll ever find. Like, I just, you know, I, I, I think that the situations change who's the big dog may change, but you know, you still see small skinks, you still see, you know, insectivorous lizards you still see you know large large larger lizards whether they're the chuckwalla or whether they're a varanid or you know you still see those and they and their roles depending upon the makeup are similar in in the right contextual um setting right when you're when you're comparing apples to apples now when you're comparing apples to oranges i.e. a good example would be the, you know, the parenti being the apex predator versus, you know, North America where you have larger, um, uh, 
you know, mammalian uh, apex predators, right? And, and we don't have a big lizard that runs the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I so mean, I, I, I agree. I mean, I agree that, that there's, uh, you know, definitely uh, specific differences and, and, you know, definitely some unique adaptations and, and radiations and things that are, that occurred in Australia that, that are not but, found elsewhere, you know? So, definitely. but if you look at, but if you look at, you know, diamond pythons. Mm-hmm. There's not another diamond python. Now you can make the argument, oh well, there's this snake in North America, but there's no other, you know, such temperate, temper tolerant, medium bodied, large boa const- or <laughs> python it, anywhere else that I can think of. Well, I, yeah, I mean that that fills a similar niche, maybe. Um, rock pythons or, 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 uh, Angolan pythons experience pretty cold conditions potentially, you know, and, and, uh, and, 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 and I would, I would rubber boas put say, diamonds to shame, you know, they're out basking. Well, exactly. Exa- I mean, you know, so, so there are some boas that, that are more, but, but, adapted but rubber boas are areas. more, uh, Fossorial, sure, are they sure. Not? Yeah, they're they're not I mean, necessarily so, living so in like, the trees. Or, and like and that's what I'm saying is like when I try yeah. to think about it, like I'm kind of like I can't think of another example that's like oh a diamond python is just like this. Like th- there's you're right, it, and it, it depends on what what like what aspect how you're, looking you're looking at. at it. Yeah, what yeah. aspect you're taking into account because certainly there's I mean there's plenty of examples of pythons that or boas that are very cold tolerant in North America, mm-hmm. right? Like so, you know, that that being just a single factor like yeah, you could find that. That's not that, you know, I I would argue that any snake that's black uh is probably pretty cold tolerant. It's, you know, the adapt either that or it's a, a color mutate, a color, you know, uh, uh, camouflage, yeah. uh, for, for predation. But, you know, that black color is there to help them heat and that's, up. That's interesting uh, too, because rubber boas are sometimes light tan colored or kind of that olive green color. They're not that dark, you know? So, yeah. I mean, I guess they're, they're dark enough to, to heat up, but maybe they don't want or need a lot of heat you know maybe they're adapted well and if more. they can get down if they can get down into you know enough substrate that's very stable yeah. temperature yeah because uh, they're they're not so, active during the the hot days of summer you know you yeah know, yeah when they're gravid they might be out basking a little bit but yeah you might find them more often on the surface or, or in a you know open area when they're when they're gravid but um, usually you find them kind of, they're the first thing you find in the springtime, you know, out on the snow mm-hmm. banks, like I said, basking in the snow, you know, that kind of thing. So they're pretty tough as far as, you know, mm-hmm. they, like I said, they could put a diamond python to shame as far as cold tolerance, you know? So yeah, yeah from, from that aspect, there, there are some that are and, similar. And then you, but, and then you have yeah. bread lie that are like the desert version of the diamond python, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, and, and they're completely yeah, they're different, desert. but they're, they're very similar. You know, they're sure. very similar. Yeah. So it and and so I get his like you I get the unique argument that he's making. And yeah, and, yeah. and in some and in some, you know, aspects of it, I totally agree. But in you know, I I I, I would be remiss if I wasn't honest and say like in other, you know, it, it depends on what level you're looking at it. Yeah, at. there's definitely parallels. And I think, you know, that's kind of the study of ecology is is looking at the 
the similarities between different habitats on you know different continents or or similar habitats on different continents and and diversely you know radiated or adapted or or evolved uh species that fill similar uh, nippers in in those areas and and thank you you know you can <laughs> you can you can make those comparisons pretty well and i think a lot of uh Pianca's work kind of uh revolved around that comparison of of different continents and different uh groups or or families of lizards showing those those similarities and and how you know things like the habitat life history um you know the metabolic aspects um kind of push push in one direction or another and yeah there there are some very unique areas where you can find reptiles that are it's it's a little maybe harder to make analogies or, or to find, you know, convergently mm -hmm. evolved mm -hmm. animals. I look at the geckos of New Zealand and it's, they're just bizarre. You know, there's, right. there's not yeah. many, uh, many that I can think of that are like that, but there probably are. I just don't know enough yeah. to, to make those, you know, comparisons, but they seem very unique. And, um, but you know, I look at the geckos of Australia and Africa and, and I see some similarities with geckos in mm -hmm. America or, you know, um, Asia or in the deserts or whatever. Of, of, um, mm -hmm. and, and, and like I said, I, I just feel like it's how you draw the line. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. If you, if you draw broadly, the line and it's hard to yeah. draw those lines and make, you know, yeah. make claims but more but if specifically, you get very very specific yeah. which which makes sense because they are specialized mm -hmm. i mean australia is a, a very specialized habitat uh you know looking from east to west north to south yeah. i mean highly different you know it's like it's a little like north america in the fact that oh yeah you know the East coast and the West coast are not the same thing. Yeah. And then from, you know, Southern California to, to Washington state, vastly different, mm -hmm. right? Very different. So, yeah. you know, I, I, I it, it's not like, you know, maybe some of, you know, Europe where it's, it's not so huge and maybe not so different. Um, and I, and I think overall, like Australia is, is definitely a harder place to make a living than, than, than Amer yeah. North America oh, definitely. or the United States. Yeah. You know, there's, there's such a, such a pressure, you know, and I think that's why mm -hmm. reptiles have kind of taken the throne in Australia and why there's so many different kinds of, you know, reptiles sure. in Australia and why it's such a great place because of that, you know, is because of the landscape is so, um, you know, difficult to, to adapt to. Well, and they're absent, they're yeah. absent those mammalian, you mm -hmm. know, the, 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 that, that's a the lot reason of that mammalian pressure, so hard, right? Yeah. It's, exactly. Yep. So it's, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the continent where modern day dinosaurs got to thrive, right? Yeah. Like, you know, you, you didn't see, uh, you know, and there's not even a lot of food monkeys there comparatively speaking. <laughs> yeah, that's so, true. Yeah. And, and I mean, even their kind of, more easier, you know, places to live like the East coast of, of Australia. Yeah. I mean, that's where shine was studying some of, you know, some of his studies got messed up because of massive die offs because the conditions were crap, you know, it was like really hard to make yeah. a living. So all the animals just kind of died off and, and, you know, they, they, or, or hid out or, or limped along until they could make a living again, you know, speak, uh, so to say, but, um, 
and and that was in the good places where it's ma- mm-hmm. easier to make a living where where there's human well, that's habitation. That's probably the harder that's probably the harder place to study cuz those <laughs> things aren't you know when, when things go bad it's really bad for them whereas all the stuff that you know has evolved in areas where it's always kind of bad they're tougher you know what i mean yeah. they're 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 and, leaned their 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 speciation has leaned them out and maybe it it goes the the other way too is where you know studies and study designs that were developed in the United States or or in Europe or or other research you know driven countries um were their methodology couldn't be necessarily utilized in Australia you know a two year study in in uh in a more temperate area or a, or an easier place to make a living um you might get good results in a in a couple of years or something but whereas in Australia you know if you pick the wrong two years it could be catastrophic to your study and so you need that's to a fair, do like a, a, a 10 year study or something so yeah. maybe the uniqueness yeah. of the landscape pushes the science to to be different and i think that maybe you know maybe his point is that the mm-hmm. that, that it is harder to make a living there than in other places and so that i, and, and, you know, I mean I'm, I'm depending upon taking, where you're at yeah. I, I think you know that's probably true yeah uh, and that's not to say there's not places around the world that are very difficult to make a living right. in, you know, where, yeah. where specific and, and unique adaptations have allowed animals to persist despite these difficult conditions. And, you know, you look at some of the, I mean, you look at the habitat of like a Spencer's monitor in Australia and it's just barren mm-hmm. and flat and like nothing going on there. And you're like, how does this thing live? And, and I mean, in a bad year, you see some pretty emaciated, you know, skin and bone Spencer's monitors. And I think that's part of the challenge of keeping them. I, I think about, uh, Matt Somerville and his, uh, I believe it was ring brown python, uh, ring brown pythons, not pythons, ring brown snakes. I think it was the mm-hmm. one of those uh elapids <laughs> that was, you know, kind of one of those uh um desolate uh, area survivor type animals and, and super he was, lean, you yeah, know. feeding them yeah. a couple times a year. They just they don't eat a lot. And then, you know, one that died, he he opened it up and it had all these fat bodies and stuff. And he like, how does it have fat reserves on a diet of, you know, a couple mice a year kind of thing? You know, it's like incredible these adaptations to mm-hmm. persist in some very difficult areas. And so maybe that's why people have a hard time keeping Spencer's monitors in captivity because they just kill them with kindness you know it's too much food they don't need to eat as much as they're being fed or or the the meals that they're the food items they're being given may just be killing them with kindness you know just i mean i think i think that was the problem with you know savannah monitors stuff that we did yeah yeah. i mean where tracy a uh i mean (laughs) most reptiles right yeah the list can really 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 go on yeah um and that's and and once you're kind of like diamond pythons like Mm -hmm. i mean there was i mean professional like professional herpetologists were like oh they only live three or four years and then they die like what that's not that doesn't sound right like no it's true yeah yeah no it's not (laughs) you know yeah And, and it's just well, I mean, when you try you know, to fit a square peg into, you know, a square 
pegging it around hole or, you know, vice versa, whatever, whatever yeah. that saying is, you know, you try to fit something to a, a general scheme and it just doesn't work out like a diamond Python or a Spencer's monitor. Like, I mean, you can, yeah. you can't feed other monitors too much, you know, like a, a, a Panoptes or a, or a Parenti or something, or maybe even a Parenti doesn't fit that, but something like an Argus monitor, like they will just eat you out of house and home and they will come back for more yeah. and they're fine. You know, that's what they, that's yeah. what they do in the wild. Cause there's plenty yeah. of food or what they're the trash can of the, yeah. 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 Whereas other species, yeah. maybe like a Spencer's monitor is boon and bust where it feeds, you know, a lot for maybe two months. And then the rest of the year, it doesn't eat at all. It just kind of estivates or, or hangs out until conditions are better. So, you know, I think reptiles in general are good at not eating. You know, that's why they mm -hmm. persist when mm -hmm. mammalian mammals die out because they can't, they have to eat, you know, they're, they're, well, and I think that's, I think that's, fed, you know? yeah. And I think yeah. that's the hard part most people have with reptiles is they, 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 their metabolic, their metabolic efficiency mm -hmm. is not something that we readily identify with. Like the idea of going eight months without a meal and being just fucking fine is kind of like, what? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. You know, anybody who's done reptiles long enough is like, no, that's not crazy at all. Like I've seen that happen before. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, most most the average person would be like, I can't. My brain yeah. just broke. I need I a weekly feeding that. schedule to. You know. Yeah, exactly. And why? A, why yeah. is my why is my snake not eating? Well, how I've been feeding it a large rat every three days. Like, well, eh, that's probably why. Yeah, you know? he doesn't want to eat anymore. He's, yeah. yeah, and that I mean that's something to take into consideration when you're keeping an Australian reptile. Is some of them you know are used to or adapted to persisting when times are tough. And I, I mean, that was a big eye opener when reading about green tree pythons is they're, they're not very successful in their hunting strategies. Mm -hmm. They don't eat very often. And so that's why every time you go into the room, they're begging for food because yeah. they take advantage of any opportunity they get. But in captivity, when there's an unlimited resource in front of them, they don't know how to say no. So they eat yeah. themselves to death, basically, you know, yeah. they're, they're yeah. just eating too much. And so we need to yeah. be the ones who realize and say, wait a second, from where they come from, there's not a lot of prey or they don't, they're not very successful that often. They only get to about 300 grams in the wild or 400 grams, you know, they don't get above a thousand grams. And so we yeah. need to take that into consideration. And, and, and if you want to feed them more regularly, feed them more regularly, but feed them like fuzzy mice, you know, yeah. feed them like yeah. really, really small prey items. If you're going to feed them more regularly, otherwise, you know, a small mouse every three weeks, four weeks is fine yeah. for them. They, they, they literally don't do anything. They are the arboreal rock. Like so I think I seen a, I saw a meme where somebody made like a, like a ball Python, uh, green tree hybrid and, yeah. and they were kind of making fun of it. And I'm just like, to me, and oh gosh, here's gonna the hate mail is gonna come. But you know, the ball python is just the terrestrial rock, whereas the green python is just the arboreal rock. They're the same freaking thing. One's just super crazy when the lights go out because it doesn't ever get fed. Yeah, well, and I mean the the uh, 
again, I mean, they're all kind of rocks. That's what pythons are made yeah, to do. Yeah, that's fair. And that's, that's survive a, fair a long time without food. You know, they're they're very high efficiency, high. You know, I I, I have they not make the found most out of any of my my scrub pythons are not rocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and they, and they're, and they're, honestly, neither are ball pythons or or green tree yeah. pythons. No, if you're, you're not feeding they, them every week, you know, right. They're going to yeah, move around. They're going to be searching that, for food. In the wild, green tree pythons go up and down a giant tree, yeah. you know, every night and uh, set up shots. But, but if you set them up in a cage and you just bring the food to them, what are they going to do? Yeah, they're going to no sit need there to and move. wait for the food, yeah. right? Exactly. Yeah. They become exactly. couch potatoes, tree potatoes, yeah. <laughs> tree rocks. And th- yeah. And then and then you got some asshole on a podcast calling them. <laughs> well, rocks. well, no, I mean, I think that's where, where a lot of this comes from is you know that misunderstanding or disconnect between the natural history people aren't interested in natural history they would just want to get be given a care sheet and say this is how you do it and you know mm-hmm. we we have to be aware there's not a one size fits all i mean yeah you can kind of loosely do that with like a, a you know, a python or a monitor say this is generally how you keep a python or generally how you keep some a monitor. Of it's different because you're not going to have a, a green tree. You're not going to put a, 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 a tree in your house. So your green tree python can go up and down the tree. Like that's not, that's not, that's not reasonable. Yeah. Um, well, for I, most people, here's, here's an interesting, uh, we, we did a study to see, uh, we, we were looking at transplacental infection of, of, mice with uh west nile virus right and the the offspring to females infected during pregnancy seemed very hyperactive um you know and so we thought oh maybe they move longer distance or we can measure this and so we put wheels in their cages that would monitor how far they went yeah Yeah. far they went and uh how far do you think a mouse runs on a wheel in a night (laughs) just just ballpark you know what do you, how far do you, two, think two miles, it was five miles. Like the controls five, on average crazy. would run five miles a night. The, the, Oh my God. That's like a Marine. That's like a Marine mouse. Like <laughs> yeah, that's right? like Semper Fidelis mice. <laughs> and, Let's go run five miles guys. Ah! And the, uh, the, the, the pups born to infected dams actually ran less. I don't know if they were like, mm. you know, Oh, I'm going to jump on the wheel. Now I'm going to jump off the wheel. So they, you know, yeah. they didn't, run straight line distance on the wheel they were more like you know what's that oh, squirrel that kind of thing you know the where squirrel. They're, they're all all over the place but you know i wonder um and and i think it was ryan young that made this point where um you know if you have a a four foot wide cage and you know by four foot by two foot or something by two foot there there's a lot of you know and they're doing loops around the cage they can still move quite a distance if you know yeah yeah yeah, you you can't fit a 30 foot tree in your in your you know you can't do a 30 foot tree in your reptile room but but you can give them space where they can move and 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 so if you just have one stick in the cage then that might preclude much activity but if you've got a lot of different connecting sticks and whatever and 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 you let them get hungry they're gonna move around the cage you know so yeah um can you hear ruby in the background no i i, I can't hear her. you can't no oh that's awesome i, I didn't say she is outside either. oh she's, she's oh well, she's pissed yeah, she's, <laughs> yeah she she probably hears me recording <laughs> in here and she's like how dare that motherfucker leave me outside well he's recording the show yeah it's terrible so, she's we're, we're heartless yeah. aren't we? 
Um, yeah. Well, I, uh, Chewie and Ruby got into it uh, oh. with each other, which they do. They oh. do that from time to time. But unfortunately, Maya, my daughter, was kind of in the middle of oh. it. And uh, yeah, Ruby Ruby accidentally bit her. So oh. she, she, got, she got a puncture in her leg and oh, no. had, took her to. Yeah. So it was like, so, so Ruby's in, so Ruby's in some out. shit right yeah. now. So yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, um, and you know, now, now Maya's like, sketched out about ruby and it's like oh man our little terrier mix did that bit heidi the other week and yeah he's probably lucky he didn't get taken to the like (laughs) well and you know it's it's like when when those two get into it or when you know when and this is i think any dog when they get overly stimulated and they're too excited that you know they're they're not the same animal yeah so it's it's very you know it's like Mm -hmm. you know that's when heidi guy bit was she was trying to get in or she was kind of in between them and yeah two dogs were going at it or whatever and i feel bad because it wasn't maya's fault she was just in the wrong place at the Mm -hmm. wrong time but but yeah crazy (laughs) aminals but you know i i I think you know we've we've kind of come to the conclusion that uh there's there's a lot of unique characteristics of Australian wildlife, and you know there's no denying that. But there's also a lot of ways where we can draw you know parallels with with uh, reptiles from other countries, um, and you know the green tree python, uh, emerald tree boa comparison. That's mm-hmm. always a oh, that's a good one. I can't believe we didn't bring that one up. Yeah, that, that, the, that was in front of my face. Moloch, horn lizard, and you know all those different. Yeah. Uh, um, so, you know, there, there are definitely some, some, uh, similarities. Or, I was or, even thinking the, the, is it the Meli, Meli, one of the, the little geckos in Australia mm-hmm. yeah. and, and, uh, and the Coleonics kind of remind mm-hmm. me of the same. Very and, and leopard geckos. I mean, they're, they all yeah. kind of have similar <laughs> deserty or, or living undercover kind of lifestyles. Yeah. Yep. Well, I don't know. Did we. Did we do it? Some we're good. I think I. I mean, I. That's for that's for the listener <laughs> yeah. to decide. Yeah. If you want to, uh, if you want to bring up a different point or argue a different, uh, yeah, aspect of this, that would be that'd be fun. Um, yeah, I think uh, maybe, maybe Rick Shine wants to uh, oh, reply back. To have Rick on the show. What a, what yeah. a bunch of bollocks we we just threw out there. Uh, and I, I would I would I would I would love to hear a rebuttal from Rick Shine. That'd be the best. Yeah. I would yeah. I would. Uh, I would feel fully validated, even if he made me look like a complete schlemiel. <laughs> Something so, tells me he doesn't listen to our podcast, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure not. Yeah, yeah, I, sure not. I love that book, but a great I, guy. Oh yeah, I highly guy. recommend his book to anybody out there. So many snakes, so little time. Really, mm-hmm. really great mm-hmm. reading. It just kept me interested the whole time, and I really oh. enjoyed it. Um, a lot of fun anecdotes, you know, of him oh. getting into some pretty hairy situations and stuff. So uh, I really like the book. Hopefully, uh, Eric and the crew will do a book review on that one. I think book there was review? talk yeah. I, I want to be invited hit, to that. Hint, hint. Eric's read it, right? He's do, he's he's I, through the book, I right? I think so, yeah. I, I don't know if Because wasn't he reading – was it – he was reading it a while. Oh back no, because and- yeah, he was reading it a while back, and then uh, it was it was uh, Iper's a lapid book that he, he was going to oh, wait on for in so. lieu of the carpet book. Yeah. So um, I'm I'm interested to have- read that one too. The, I don't know a oh, lot yeah. about the lapids. It'd be cool to 
to learn more about those. Yeah. I need to, I, They're I inquired cool, about I, that and, just... and he kind of recommended waiting until there was a distributor in the U S that had the copies of the book. So hopefully mm. uh, Bob or somebody over here will get some or it'll be available on Amazon or something. Work that out, Scott. Let's go, man. Yeah, I want to read this thing. Yeah. yeah. I should have had the, the boys pick me up a copy while they were over there, but I don't even think he had copies for him to pick up. So um, mm. they could have brought one home for me. That would have been a big ass. Did, did you hear Eric talking about or do the recap of their trip where he left his passport in the, the more complete carpet python in the pouch in front of his seat? <laughs> so he had to oh run back to the plane and pick it up. Oh, that, that sounds like something that could have been do, bad. You know, like, yeah. Oh, crap. That, I that's a- yeah. Oh man, that could have been a bad situation. I mean, it, could yeah, you imagine if you would have sure. lost that book? How terrible! Oh that my would. god! Yeah, dude. I mean, yeah. of I mean, all you the can get another passport. I don't know if I'm going to yeah. send him another book. You know, that's... <laughs> uh-uh. no, not after that disrespect either. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, that was that's pretty cool that he would trust his and trust his passport into the book, but <laughs> and and it probably saved the book from getting, uh, you know chucked or something but yep well i think that was a good fun conversation i i I, there's a there's a quite a few you know quite a few topics that were kind of drummed up in my mind by the book i need to go back and review some of them but yeah well We'll get some more discussion on by your book or, or Dr. Shine's, Shine's book. book. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it didn't make a very clear uh transition there, but that's good. Well, yeah. hopefully you all had a had a nice Thanksgiving if you celebrate Thanksgiving. If not, hopefully you ate a nice meal and and ha- have some good food in your belly. But we uh appreciate you listening, our our listener out there. Um we know we have at least one, so that's good. But, well, I think, uh, I, I guess we can throw out, uh, we, we, uh, recognize and appreciate the support of the NPR, uh, family, uh, and Eric and Owen for their work on the NPR crew. Check out all their social media stuff, NPR, um, Morelia Python radio.com. I think <laughs> if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> Um, the social media stuff, they're all over the place. Check them out. Lots of great podcasts. Um, speaking of which, well, this is Snakes and Stogies, but our old buddy Dustin Gron was on Snakes and Stogies. It was fun to listen to some of the stories from the Arizona Herp trips. Uh, so even though they're not on the NPR network, uh, Justin Schmitty and, uh, and Phil do a great job on that show and that's fun to listen to them and, hear some of our buddies like Dustin. Um, but yeah, check out that. And, um, yeah, good stuff out there. You can find me at, uh, at JG Jewlander on Instagram or Justin Jewlander on Facebook. Um, JG Jewlander on YouTube. You can see some Australian wild, Australian reptile videos as well as some North American, uh, reptile videos as well. Good times. I, I just put up uh, pictures of our trips to Arizona, so uh, you can see all the stuff we found there. See some of the crew in action, and and uh, check out Chuck on you know a few of the pictures. So, ooh yeah, <laughs> check my, me out on my website australianaddiction.com. 
um, on the visits tab, uh, you can see some of the trips I've done. So I, I don't think I got our California trip up there. I think I spaced that one. You gotta out. get that up there, man. No, maybe I should use this there. Thanksgiving time to, to get that up. But the, uh, the Arizona trip photos are up. I think we found uh, t- between the two trips, we saw a total of 42 different species. So, or 43, somewhere on there, somewhere over 40. So not, not bad. That's quite a, quite a few species for a couple weeks of herping or did you, a week did and you a half. catch, did you catch the latest lizard brain? Um, I, did I start listening got, to that one? Who was Hussam the, is on there. Oh, Hussam. No, I, I meant to see, listen. It's good. It's good. Oh, cool. It's good. You should, you should check oh, it out. Yeah. Hussam's, he's a cool guy. I really like Hussam. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and, uh, yeah, I mean, the lizard brain radio is fantastic podcast Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. again not on Mm -hmm. vr but still still definitely worth listening to um yeah yeah bill is the shit bill is the man he he does it upright so we need to have him back on here he's a great great guest to have fight with old bill well um anything you want to put out there into the um, I guess if you wanted to find me, you could look on IG under Chuck Norris wins, and I am on Facebook under Chuck Poland. Um, yeah, cool, cool, cool. That's it. Yeah, I'm trying to get all my uh, my pictures up from Costa Rica on on Instagram. So if you're curious to see some of the stuff we saw in Costa Rica with my family, you can look at the. Uh, my Instagram or Facebook for, for those photos. I think those go to my Justin Julander on Facebook account, but JG Julander at Instagram, you can see all those fun photos. We saw quite a bit of wildlife over there. What a place, but slowly getting through them, trying to do one or two uh, photos a day, get, get all the wildlife up. guess it gives me something to post during the cold <laughs> winter months in Utah. So yeah, but I'm looking forward to the next trip. It's can't come too soon, but I think I'm going to be waiting yeah. a few months <laughs> to to do any herping. So, well, well, get ready, get ready for spring. Yeah, uh, spring in California. Yep, yeah, I'm excited for your trip, man. See how you do it up here. <laughs> we'll see. All right, we'll, see. we'll find a. Rosie yeah, I got to start getting on find that. that rosy boa. Yep. Yeah, we will. Yeah. We're, All right. We're going to go with the man. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening to Reptile Fight Club. We'll catch you again next week for another battle. We hope you had a great Thanksgiving. And remember, Mac and Santa is watching you for Christmas. Fight Club.